everyone, welcome to episode 2 of this podcast, Sin Miedo al Doble Bogey. Today I'm going to do the podcast in English because our guest is from Ohio. He's a Division 1 player from West Virginia University who has come today to the podcast to talk about golf, his achievements, his goals, and many more things. So, Trent Tipton, hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Fantastic, the pleasure is, is all me. So... Trying to start, I would like you to introduce a little bit yourself, just to people let you know a little bit how are you and how you think. Sure. So, um, you know, you kind of already introduced myself. I'm Trent Tipton. I am a senior at West Virginia University. I have a year and a half left before I have goals of trying to play professional golf. I'm a finance major here. Um, I'm on the golf team and um, I've had a little bit of success with golf. Um, so hopefully I can help out and talk about it a little bit today um you know perfect so you're a senior in west virginia university yes i still have one more one year and a half left yeah so i'm gonna do a, a master's program next year um so i have with covid uh, they gave all athletes an extra year of eligibility the ncaa so i'm gonna go ahead and use it because i don't want to leave sure. college yet so sure. Uh, sure i guess enjoy college and more in a division was school like west virginia university i went there sometimes and it's fun man it's fun yes it is it, it is a lot of fun um college golf is so much different than i thought it would be in a good way um it's just a, it's you know you get five guys that are basically your best friends to go travel around the country and try and compete against the best players, you know, especially at D1. So it is really, really fun. And um, I've really enjoyed my time here. Yeah, I guess it's funnier when you have the opportunity to go to Puerto Rico, like you were saying before. So can you explain a little bit the trip that you're going to do in the last week, the next week, sorry? Sure, yeah. So um, we leave on Thursday for Puerto Rico. Um, We'll leave around 2.30, and then we'll fly all day. We'll get in super late into Puerto Rico. Um, we don't usually – this is our first time going to Puerto Rico, so I don't really know what to expect, but I am super pumped that it won't be 40 degrees like it is here. Um, so it'll be real nice and warm. Um, we'll, we'll play kind of a – we'll play the golf course on Friday, and then our official practice round is on Saturday. And then the tournament Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And uh, the field's pretty good. I think, you know, I know Auburn's playing. Uh, UNC G Greensboro uh, hosts the event. So I think it'll be a good field. And I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun. It's going to be a good competition for sure. We're going to be here looking for you and see how you're doing right there. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think everyone and me would like to know how you start playing golf, at what age, and a little bit what's the progression that, that you did. Yeah, so sure. Um, so when I was a kid, I kind of played everything. I, I played, you know, football. I played basketball, baseball. Um, I played golf. I, I got into golf because my dad, um, he, he was kind of into it. He kind of picked up the game in college. And then, you know, when he had me, he would – take me to the range and when I was just like a couple years old and um, I would you know watch him hit and then I once I got big enough to start swinging it I started doing that too and I kind of fell in love with it it is a frustrating but amazing game and I would not want to do anything else with with my life right now um, 
I really, really loved all the other sports too that I played. Um, I was always, you know, fairly athletic, so I kind of played just about anything. Um, but when I got to middle school and, you know, when I started getting around to high school, I really started focusing more on golf. And uh, that's kind of when my golf career kind of took off a little bit. So it was a lot of fun. Cool. I have a lot of American friends too, and it's crazy how you guys like always start doing a lot of sports. Like I have some friends that they start playing baseball or American football, and then when they are 15 or 16, they start like playing golf and they like it. It's, yeah, it's cool. yeah. No, I I have found especially with most golfers that I have seen that they played everything. Like I have met very little golfers at my level who, you know didn't play at least i mean the the americans that i that i, that I know um they didn't just play golf they played just about anything that they could and uh, kind of went from there and then ended up choosing golf later which i think is the way you know if i have a a, a kid i think that's the way i would want them to do it so for sure though it's been the same for me my dad was always like just play a sport and then once you get a little older you have to choose the sport that you like the most But then you have a lot, you, you learn a little bit for every sport. And I think that's a, that's a good way. Yeah, I, I think it's a really good way. And I think that it helps too, because I, I knew I played fairly competitive golf when I was a young age. And I, a lot of those kids that only played golf and were super competitive ended up getting burned out pretty quick, um, which is, which can happen with just about anything. So kind of playing everything and, and, spreading out your hobbies i think is is good for kids you know at that age absolutely true i always said the same and i was like the guys that we're still playing golf right now is because when we were kids we were we're kids playing golf yeah, we're not adults and trying to be the best one when we were 16 years old we weren't just enjoying that golf sport. exactly exactly i totally agree with you on that so um trying i have seen your videos and i love the way that Like you said, some like you always in your video said today my goal is to get one percent better, and I love this idea. And I would like you to explain it a little bit more so people can know what do you mean with one percent better. Sure, sure. So it's it's hard to to get huge gains out of every day. So our coach kind of came up with this quote of just trying to get one percent better, and it's fairly popular. It's just you know trying to just every day just get a little bit closer to your goal. Uh, I've always been more of a harder worker, um, so I've always practiced a lot more than, than maybe my peers, and it was always beneficial just to see the, the long term, right? Because every day is a little bit different, and it's, it's hard, you know, when you play something very competitive to not get, you know, in your head quickly and just, you know, taking a step back from it and just knowing that, you know, every day we're just trying to get a little bit closer to my goal and my goal is to, you know, play professional golf. And, um, yeah, sure. I, that's really about all I have. Sure. Perfect. I love the idea. I think it's really important and it's nice because actually like if you try to get 1% better every day in 10 days, you're going to be 10% better. So <laughs> you have to see it in a future way for sure. Yeah, and it's and it's tough too. Like you know, you don't always see results, you know, right away. Like think about you know somebody that goes to the gym, right? I mean, if you go work out, it's not like you're going to see it immediately, right? So that one percent is kind of that long term goal view of just like the work I do today will help 
me one percent down the road, right? For for sure, couldn't agree with you more. Um, so John, I will. I want to ask you because you play um, four years or three years with COVID in a Division One school. You play a lot of golf, and I'm in your situation. I know how much pressure it is to play in a team because you don't you don't play for yourself. You play yeah. to be on the team, to play that week, and to play good because actually, like you want to play good too, and you play against the best players there. So, what have you learned? And mentally and in the golf aspect about these three, four years, what's the, like, the thing that you learned the most? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, you know, kind of talking what you're talking about, the team. It's It almost can kind of work either way. You know, when everybody's playing well on your team, like nothing can stop that team from like doing literally anything because you're all just feeding off positive energy. But, you know, when it kind of goes south a little bit, that's when you kind of feel the pressure of like, man, I really don't want to let these guys down. Um, so yeah, it's something that I've learned over these last couple of years is, is patience. It is so hard. You know, you hit a bad shot or you, you know, something, you play a bad round. It's so hard because the thoughts, you know, they, they can, they can, you know, barrel roll and, and you can get kind of in and over yourself of like, I can't do this. Like what's going on. And it's almost like, the thing that I've had to learn the most is like stepping back from that a little bit and going, all right, it's going to be fine. We had a bad day. Tomorrow's a new day. It's so hard to do that. And I have learned that the players that have done really well in the sport have been able to accept failure. And that's something that I've had to learn is like, okay, something goes wrong. I can help my team out in the next day, especially with the way that college golf is set up with, it's almost like three one round tournaments because you're round you know, they only take four of the best five in every round. So you could shoot, you know, 90, 90, and 68. But if you shoot, but the 68 is going to help your team. So, you know, learning how to move on from failure and, and, and trying to get better is something that I've had to really learn. Sure. Yes, yeah, what you were saying, 90, 90, and 68 is like, that's the thing that in college golf you have to like every day is a new day and every day you can yeah, exactly. help your team. So you have to do it for yourself, for a team to reset that mind and like, come on, let's go there. And you never go, you never know in golf. So why don't you just go and try it for sure. Mm -hmm. And on the other way, it's like you play a lot of golf and in a short period of time, two or three months, every week playing. So you know you're going to have that bad rounds and it has to take you two hours to reset your mind because if not, Next day is going to be bad. And then you're playing all day. So yeah, I think exactly. it's really important what you said. Yeah. Yep. For sure. And I'm pretty sure it will help you if you want to turn professional because professional level is the same. So you're going to play every week. Yeah. I mean, those guys that, you know, they miss a cut, you know, they got to get ready for the next week. It's not like, you know, because they missed the cut, they're, they're not very good at golf. It's just like, hey, bad week. I'm good enough. You know, we just got to, we got to put the pieces together. Sure, absolutely. So, Trent, I have seen that you play the prestigious 2022 US Open, US Amateur. So, I want to talk a little bit about how is this, super, like, how is this experience, how you live it, how you approach that important week for you. Just spend a little bit because that's so cool. I'm sure everyone wants to know how was that experience for you. Yeah. So, I. You know, I started with with prep, so I wanted to you know make sure that my game was in a good spot going into that week, and it was. I was I was playing really really well. Um, our I stopped in the college 
and I drove. So I just stopped into Morgantown um, before I left, and I I got a chance to meet one of the freshmen that was just joining our team. It, the USAM was like right before the it was like the, during the first week of classes. So I stopped in, kind of moved in, and I went down to uh, our home course, Pete Dye, and I I almost shot fifty nine. And that was like two days before the U.S. Amateur. Um, I shot, I think I was like 10 under through 16 before we had to leave. And I was like, okay, nice. like my golf course, like my game is in a really good spot. So I was really excited to play that week. Um, when I had this thing going on at the time where when I had a driver, I would kind of pick it up off the ground a little bit. Um, that was kind of like my thing. So I, I would pick it up and then go. And on that first tee in the U.S. Amateur, when I picked up that driver, I mean, it was shaking. I could have hit the golf. Like, I could have, like, knocked the ball off the tee. I was like, that was the was, most nervous I've ever been. I was um, going to ask you that question. How was the feeling of that first driver of the U.S. Amateur? Oh, man. I I, I mean, it's like, not you just, skill takes over because you're just, you're in a million different places. You're so nervous. And I hit it, hit it really good. Um, so that was, you know. Nice to see. Um, but I, I played really well. Um, I just I had a b bad week with putting. Um, I think I was thinking about this the other day, the, the M. I was I had missed through 15 holes. I had missed, I think, five putts inside eight feet. And I was three back of the leaders at that point. So I was, you know, I was playing really well. And those courses were awesome. Uh, the one I played first had like a had an area like a skyline view of new york city mm -hmm. and like you know you're playing in the biggest tournament ever and you're just like where am i like this is not ohio at all <laughs> you know um yeah. and it was a lot of fun to compete against the biggest players at the best stage and kind of see how your game is so did that give you like extra motivation when you just said that you were three back from the lead did it give you extra motivation to see yourself like, okay, I'm good at this. I can actually compete because you're playing with the best of the best right there. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely confident when you leave that week going like, like I can, I can do this. Like I had, you know, I, I could, I've definitely putted better before and, you know, I almost made match play. I think I was, so the first round, I think I shot four or five over, but the cut line was ended up being, I think four, like five. And I was, I think I was two back of the, the cut line to make match play, the top 64 make match play. Um, so I was, you know, two back with, I think, five holes to go. And I was, so it was, it was good to know, like, like, yeah, like I can do this and like, I could yeah. compete against the best players. Totally. totally. Like, actually, let's just missing the cut by two. And you know how important is padding and that level nice. because actually everyone hits the ball so good. So it's who makes more pads. So that's exactly right. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So that's that's really cool. How did you qualify though? So what did you had to shoot to qualify for a U.S. Amateur, and how was that week for you? Yeah, so I qualified like about maybe about a month before the U.S. Amateur at this course in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, Westmoreland. Uh, Westmoreland, it was thirty-six holes in one day. Um, to finish out the first 18 holes, I made six birdies in a row and I shot, I ended up shooting seven under in that first round and then nine under, I, I shot two under in the second round. So nine under ended up getting out. Um, they only took two guys, two spots for 84, 85 players. I played really, really well. I putted well that week, which is probably, probably why I yeah. went so low. Um, and, uh, 
yeah, I, I mean, I made it by two and it was, uh, it was, the scores were really low, but I played great. And, um, it was a really, really cool feeling to know that, Hey, I'm going to the best amateur tournament in the, in the world. <laughs> yeah. How was how's your mind going to these last five holes, knowing that you're just five holes away from actually achieving your small dream or your dream that you have always thought about it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I knew kind of where I was at. I, I knew that I needed – I there was one par five. I knew if I parred – I think I, when, I, when I checked, I had four holes to go, so there was – I, there was a short par five coming up and then like two par threes. And I was like, if I par those and then birdie the lot, that par five, then I should be good. Um, and I wasn't really that nervous. You know, I, I just, it was almost like being in that position. I was like, okay, like, like I can do this. I, I have felt more nervous on first tees than I have trying to qualify for the USAM. I, I don't know how that makes sense, but um, <laughs> you know, it's just well, something that, that I had that I was like, Let's go do this, you know. I yeah, I guess firstly, like you know how the round is going, but after playing thirty-two holes, you know how you're hitting the ball. You know where where the ball is going to start. And more, if you're going that low, you you know you have the game that day. So I get, I guess you're a yeah. little bit more confident in that way. Yeah, I think you probably hit it right on the head there. Yeah, exactly. So you said before, but I was gonna ask you, like you, we know you're going. You do low rounds and very low rounds. So I was about to ask, have you ever get close to 59 or have you shoot the 59 in your life? Yeah, so that that's what, I, you know, I knew my game going into the AM was really good. I, I almost shot 59 and then I went to the AM, missed match play, and we came, I came back like two days later. And mm -hmm. we had our first qualifying. Um, it was at Bedford Resort, which is in – um pennsylvania and i shot 60 like four days after the usam um, that was your was lowest round ever lowest round ever it was like four days after the am <laughs> and like i it was it was just a weird three weeks there where i was blacking out playing really really good <laughs> and uh Crazy. that round i shot i made 12 birdies no bogeys and uh yeah <laughs> it was it was crazy I was I was about to tell you. Tell me you didn't make any bogey there. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. No, no bogeys. That would have been crazy if I had made a bogey. <laughs> it's crazy. How many rounds did you do? Did you do without bogeys? Because my first round was like last year without bogeys. Um, I pretty I, I felt pretty amazing after that. But how many rounds did you play without bogeys? You know, I I don't know. It hasn't been a lot. I can tell you that. Um, But it is a really good feeling when you when you leave a golf course thinking that you know I didn't make any big mistakes today, didn't make any bogeys. That's a that's sure. a really good feeling. It's an amazing feeling for sure. So yeah. now people like that wants to know handicaps fives or people that started hitting is going for low numbers. How do you keep your focus rhythm going that low? When you are at ten under, do you keep the same rhythm? How you focus to hit this? next shot and trying to keep going barriers you know yeah i think when when things are going well it's it's a lot easier when, when you feel like you're on your game you're just like i'm just gonna stay out of my way and like just keep doing doing this like this is awesome and i only learned how to do that because i put myself in those positions so you know the the four handicaps the five handicaps out there you know if they're you know two under like one under playing the round of their life like the best way that you can like get better and feeling in those positions is to just you know, keep doing it, you know, and if you, if you're, 
a five handicap and, 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 you know, you are really playing the round of your life and then you end up making a couple doubles or something like that. Like it's not to get discouraged. Like you were good enough to do that. I think it's important to like, Hey, let's like, let's go try it again. Like, let's go see if I can do it again. And maybe the next time, maybe I won't mess it up. Right. Cause I'm a little bit more comfortable because it's happened before. I think that would sure. be my advice to, to those. Um, that's kind of the way I felt. Um, you know, when those, when those rounds were happening, like I never always felt comfortable being under par. Like when I was in high school, like I would get very uncomfortable and then, you know, do bad on the way in. And, and I had to learn like just by putting myself there again and again, like, like I can be comfortable when, when yeah. things are going well. Yeah, I guess like just have to keep going low. First day is going to be difficult and then keep going, keep going. And one day is going to be normal. One day you're, because... you're going to do it and you're yeah. just going to be like, oh my God, what, what just happened, right? I just finished 600 and hey. I messed up. Yeah. Whoa. Hello. <laughs> wow, that, that was crazy. Yeah, exactly. That's literally what happens. Yeah. So, Trent, the, now you were talking about high school, but they want to, I want to know what. How do you see yourself in five years? What's your goal in the future? And a little bit, what you're going to do after after college? Yeah, um, my goal right now would be if I could play professional golf, and I'm not looking to make millions of dollars, but if I could, if I could play professional golf to sustain, you know, something of a comfortable life for, for myself, um, basically paying the bills which is kind of all i need um that would be a win in my opinion uh, to be able to be successful enough in professional golf to uh, make enough money to like go to mcdonald's whenever i want to or whatever it is you know what i mean like mm -hmm. that would be a success for me and then if i end up doing better than that then you know that I'll, i'll focus on that when it comes but that would be my primary goal in five years i'd love to be able to go to penn station and not worry about How, what's coming out of the bank you know that would be that would be beyond my dreams in my opinion because yeah. there's so sure. many good players like there's so many good amateur golfers and like professional golfers that don't make it um it's just such a tough life you know there's you have to go so low in order to you know even get an opportunity to play in some of these events so it's a really difficult path and for me to have success out there would be would be amazing For sure. What do you think that you that you can do better to get that PGA Tour like skills? Like, do you think is your driver your partner, or you think like you are at the same level, but you just need a little bit lack opportunities, or I don't know how you want to call right. it. You know, right? Um, that's an that's an interesting question because I've kind of dealt with that over the last year. Um, I've had a good, you know, I made the U.S. Amateur, you know, and I, I've played in my lineup. But at the end of last year, I was I was really looking at trying to get better, you know, because I want to, you know, there's I maybe a little bit disappointed at the end of last year of some of my results coming in. So I was like, I want to get better. Like I want to I changed coaches. I tried to, you know, uh, like push myself to, yeah. to find more skill. And what ended up happening is I went backwards and I've had a, a pretty rough start to my year because I kind of went away from the things that made me really good as far as my golf swing goes. And I'm now transforming my myself back into those stages of playing really well. So it's interesting how when we search for skill to try and get to the next level, sometimes we go backwards and we end up playing a lot worse. And that's something that I've found is that 
I think what I need to do in order to make professional golf is to just continue to work, like you said, 1% better every day, not try to find these huge changes, which is what I tried to do. And it, it's, it kind of screwed me a little bit. Um, is to just, you know, keep getting just a little bit better every day. I, I've seen myself play against the best players and know that it's just tiny things that, that, have, that are separating me and, and maybe guys that are playing on tour. So sure. that's, that's what I would like to focus on is just those tiny progressions rather than huge changes. I think after hitting, after shooting 60s, all that are just tiny things. Yeah. Some just, small things, small things for sure. Yeah, exactly. But, but it's, it's just great that you know that you can be there. And sometimes golf is like this, like I'm a really technical guy, which tries to like, look a lot for changes in swing mm -hmm. and at, at the end now that i'm 19 i was like you know what your swing looks great man you just need to go swing it and repeat and not and if the club is a little bit open but you feel comfortable with, with the face open face open you know and go for it yeah exactly it's, like, it's so easy to do in our sports just to like like nitpick and just find the tiniest things and just trying to get a little bit better you know i think it would be For me, it's more beneficial to stick to things that I know work and then focus on my mindset and focus on, you know, like I said, the tiny things, you know, like course management, not missing short-sighted, stuff like that. Like that's all short game. That's all the stuff that's going to separate those guys, not necessarily, you know, Absolutely. the tiny things on film. I was just thinking, out, how mental do you think is that sport? Because some people think that it's 100%, and I totally agree with them. So what's your point of view about that? It is so mental. It is it is insane. Like, um, you know, I, I it's almost tough to explain because it... it you have to live it yourself. <laughs> you have to, yeah, you have to live it. Um, you have to kind of see, you know, the difference in my golf swing could look exactly the same. But, you know, if one day I'm going out there thinking, like, I'm hitting my driver right. Like I might not be, but all of a sudden you're going to miss eight fairways to the right. And then one day you're like, I'm playing really good and you might not be, you're going to play a lot better. It's just, it's so much mental stuff. And like, you know, the strategy, even like the little things of like what side of the tee box you tee off from and, and, you know, where's the flag and the wind and stuff like that. I mean, it, it gets all the way down to stuff like that of how tight, like stuff that's not even technical, just you have to use your mind so much and you have to stay so positive because this game is really hard and you fail all the time. Like I've failed all the time and it is really difficult to fail like that and go and, and remain positive. And I, that is the hardest thing that we do. And, and that's where a lot of the mentalness comes in too. It's just how difficult it is. For sure. Once I started, um, I started like, Very important on how mental is this game is when you shoot your round at 65 and then you shoot next day, uh, but you shoot 65 and you think you cannot miss a shot. Then you go next day, you shoot 75 and you think you're the worst player ever. Then you film yourself, you film a swing after a round and you think it's the same swing I was doing yesterday. So the only thing it changed is my mind. So... It's, yeah, it's there exactly. when you realize how mental is this and how many one shot can affect your whole round if you're not mentally prepared to say, I shoot 65 yesterday with the same swing. 
So I just go there, put the ball on the green, and believe in myself that I'm good at this. So yeah, exactly. And you have to think, too, I, I've always kind of thought about this, is that there's always imperfections, and sometimes the difference between bounces is inches or feet, right? So I always felt like that there was a kind of a variety of scores that you can shoot in around. So you could play exactly the same one day and shoot, you know, 70 and then play the exact same way the next day, maybe shoot 73. It's just kind of the way that golf is. I mean, it's so, I mean, you're hitting a little white ball that if you're one degree off, it's going to go in the, it could go in the trees, especially at high speeds. Right. So, don't, you know, don't, don't talk me about high speeds because <laughs> the only thing I do is go in high speeds. And, but that's a, that's a, that's a thing that I've been trying to explain to everyone. So I, I go pretty far. Like now mm-hmm. I'm with a charm and I'm hitting like 135 had club had the speed. Holy. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, no, like I, I go, I go long. I go pretty long, but I have my fate, my fate ball. Like sometimes it doesn't go that long because it's my save ball. And Absolutely. so, so if, when I had to try to, to go for the hydro opposite, it goes longer, but I feel comfortable with my low fate, just fairway finders and it goes long and I don't miss a lot. But so some coaches or people is like, um, why, why you keep practicing the speed? You just have, if you're missing fairways, if, and then I said, look, my results, I don't miss that many fairways. And I think distance is really important and people doesn't put that much effort. How distance is, is the key of this sport. You are, you are, yeah, don't listen to those guys. Yeah. You're doing it right. Um, the How, biggest like, thing I just want you to play division one. Do you think that distance is important or it's overrated? Oh my goodness. Oh no, it is not overrated at all. It is. It is so important. Um, I, it's not everything, but it is an advantage and you need an advantage. And one of the things that I've learned is that to make me a better driver, of the golf ball is learning a go-to drive, which is what you have, right? You have kind of a go-to, you know, if you need to hit a fairway, whether it's a three wood driving iron for me, it's, it's a low, it's a low bullet driver, probably a low fade, Mm -hmm. just like you. Um, But there are times that you need to pull out, the big, the big one, and uh, and having, yeah. <laughs> and having is at one thirty five, as you say, like like that is such an advantage. I mean, I am one of the longest. I'm not the longest, but I am in the top, you know, ten percent. I'd say of college yeah. at at you know one eighteen, one nineteen. So you at one thirty five, like like if if you can pull that out three times around and find it, that is such an advantage. And I would say never lose that, you know, always practice that and keep that speed up because that is going to be so beneficial. If you get a wide open golf course, you could probably beat everybody there. Like if you drop Absolutely. Last year we played in a really open course and I was like, that's my wick. And I didn't pad well. I still got like top 10 or top 15. Because you, I was going for that 135 all day, and I was having so much fun, man. I was just hitting bombs everywhere. But so that's our thing that I say, everyone, keep practicing speed because now I go 135 when I try to kill it. But my stock driver goes 125, 124. So and I feel I'm doing nothing, absolutely nothing. So... And driver is so much, yeah, so much mental though, because I think I cannot miss any fairways. So it's 
it's my my biggest part there keep that going because that is so huge i mean if if you putt well and you have 135 ball speed and you find fairways like like you're gonna beat everybody like that's just the way it is like i had a a, a roommate of mine um that just graduated that used to hit it you know, he wasn't in the 135, but he was in the upper 120s. How driving me, I mean, especially in a year, like if maybe not necessarily from week to week, but if you think about the advantage, I mean, how many rounds of golf do you play a year? Like a lot. A lot. I mean, if you think about the av, like how much of an advantage 20 yards gives you and on every hole and every round throughout a year, like that's so many strokes in a year. Like that's so important. So, yeah, Absolutely. don't listen to anybody that tells you you need to slow down because you don't. If you can find that low, that low fade at one twenty three, one twenty four, you're gonna be just fine. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna be Thank just you. fine. Absolutely. So, Trent, one more thing. I just want to know one more thing. I let you go to practice. That I know you have practice soon. So, yeah. just give me one important advice advice that someone told you one day, and what advice do you think you can give to that? To everything that is listening now. Wow. I know it's a tough question because I'm pretty it sure is. you have a lot of advices. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've touched on it a little bit, but patience. That's the biggest thing. Like whether you're playing to play a couple times a week or whether you're playing to play professional golf, this game is very difficult and you fail all the time. And if I you know, my freshman year, and this is a whole another story that we could try another time, but my freshman year, um, my, my sophomore year, the first qualifier, I shot 92-88-92. Not very good. And it would have been no, the, <laughs> no. And the easiest thing I could have done at that time was quit. But it, it the patience and just seeing it to the end, um, that's what you have to learn in this game. Because it can be so frustrating and it's so difficult and you fail all the time. But... I would say that patience is the hardest thing that I've had to learn. And it is the most important thing in golf, in my opinion. Absolutely. Thank you, Trent, for your time. I think it was amazing. I really enjoy talking with you and I learned a lot of things. So I'm pretty sure everyone will learn a lot from you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. For sure. We wish you the best on your season and on your future, for sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, and we're going to come back next Friday with another episode. Thank you, everyone.